What is up? I uh, We are back to a Monday live and uh, basically we're going to talk before I get right into things. We're going to talk a little bit about market update. Where is real estate sitting? Where are the markets? How is inflation looking? What's happening with the debt ceiling? All these things are happening right now and it's kind of cool. Uh, so we're going to touch briefly on those. Um, but then I want to go through something I actually posted on LinkedIn that I want Uh, I want more of you to understand because I don't think everyone understands this because I always get asked, how do I get into real estate and and what are the steps to get into it? I'm nervous. I'm scared. Um, So I really want to give you the five cheat codes that most real estate investors should have in their toolbox. And uh, these are the best 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 ways to freaking invest in real estate. So, um, So let's get right into what's happening in the markets. It's June 5th. Um, uh, guys, the interest rates are all of the talks, right? The whole word is inflation still going on right now. And, um, we got some data last week about basically, uh, I don't remember what the report was called, but kind of gives you a briefing of what the jobs report is looking like. Um, and it was like really hot. I believe there was like 190,000, 190,000 jo- new jobs. So brand new jobs getting expected into the marketplace. And there was like 323,000. So you're thinking in yourself like, hey, that's really good news. There's lots of new jobs going on. Um, that's actually bad news in the fact that there's still a lot of people like the, the economy is still rolling pretty hard. And what are they trying to do with these interest rates? They're trying to slow things down. And while what you find out is that, um, yeah, adding all those jobs actually helps the unemployment rate tick up, right? Because now you created all these new jobs, there's no one to fill them. So the unemployment rate is going to tick up. That's probably the best thing that could have happened from that jobs report. Um, But man, they're still smashing the job reports, which means the economy's still rolling. There's people still hiring. There's people, there's things still getting done. There's still a lot of velocity of cash right now. Um, and kind of leading into that is, well, how is that going to affect interest rates? Well, I get asked this all the time, and there's a few reports I follow. Um, I always uh, I I follow a uh, I follow a report on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, and it, it basically it kind of predicts. Okay, in on June 14th is the next interest rate. They're either going to increase it stay the same, or if things really look bad, decrease it. And while things look bad, things are coming down in price, that's all good. But what are they predicting for inflation? Because inflation right now at 6% is looking kind of sticky. I don't think we're going to get a big drop because the service industry just cannot get enough labor into it. People are demanding, these boomers are retiring, people are demanding more and more things. And there's not as much people wanting to fill those types of positions. I think that's still keeping that rate, the blue collar jobs. I know our concrete guys to, um, you know, waiters to even people that work at convenience stores, their wages have skyrocketed past what is normal for a blue collar job. Um, The people with college careers coming out of school, those people are probably going to be hard to find a job. But if you're going to a trade school and going to be a plumber, electrician, a con- whatever, construction-oriented person, blue-collar job, your job is like super under demand if you're in that. And you don't have to get education for that, right? Um, and these are going to keep climbing. These are going to climb the fastest. Your blue-collar jobs, which is going to cost more to landscape your yard, more to pour your driveway, more to fix your gutters, more to do everything at home, which in, you know, in theory raises inflation on everything, right? So... 
Um, so anyway, back to the hikes. On June 14th, that's when the, the next rate hike is. There's a 70% chance that they're going to raise them. So um, I, I don't know. This has dropped a little bit. It's raised up a little bit. Of course, as new data comes out, it kind of shifts. But it's more than 50% chance is the way I like to see it, that it's going to raise above that. Um, and uh, if it does, you know, that's just what is, I think the market's already priced that in. Um, as far as the stock market, that's what they're expecting is a 25 basis hike on June. Now, July, this looks like a really good chance, over 80% chance that they're going to hike again. This is what the market, I believe, does not have fully priced in, especially after <laughs> the market's been still booming and booming and kind of coming up, not booming, but it's starting to come out of its very bottom. So, uh, you know, and they're, they're even calling for another rate hike in September, um, and, uh, you know, if, if it keeps, if it keeps hiking, I think we're going to be able to, this is going to cause a recession in Q3 and Q4 of this year, basically what I'm stating. And there does not look to be a, an actual pause all the way through this year. So there doesn't look like to be the first rate decrease until 2024. And remember it's when they start decreasing is when the pain is really upon us. So in Q3, Q4 this year, look for a lot of pain. As a real estate investor, guys, these are the opportunities that you want. Remember, these baby boomers want to retire. We're retiring 10,000 baby boomers a day. That's a lot of people, a lot of businesses, and a lot of property that are going to be without owners in the near future. And we're upon the biggest wealth transfer. They're looking to exit. Uh, you creatively have to figure out. They want the most money, right? They want to retire. They want the most money from their thing. Just get creative on how you can get them the money they want with the terms that you build for yourself. So um, we're not going to get deep in that, but I might. we might talk creative finance in uh, next week and how you can get these small businesses purchased, how you can buy a properties with using creative finance with very little cash out of your pocket, but it gives that baby boomer a win because he can retire now and he doesn't have to deal with all the problems, and he's getting the price he wants. The problem is, it actually is a benefit to them taking the money as a delayed product. So it's interesting, but you have to understand everyone has to win in a negotiation, especially when you're dealing with someone's retirement. They have to win as well in this deal, and they may reduce some tax payments. They may get you buying their business or their property. Um, so anyway, that's a little bit on interest rates and inflation. Like there's a lot going on right now, a lot of moving pieces, understand the markets, um, you know, consume a lot of data on this. So we're, but there's going to be some pain coming up. Q3, Q4, painful, painful, painful. There might be a light at the end of the tunnel, right at the end of Q4, just because of the holiday season. It might be a good time where the, the politics start tuning up the uh, stock market. So there might be starting to be good news or maybe some cuts uh, around that time. I don't know. That's not being predicted, but, you know, who knows in politics? I'm not going to say much more than that. Um, so we got um, inflation, again, looking sticky. Uh, I heard now there's some new tax coming out on short, um, uh, short or midterm rentals being another 15% tax. 
Uh, again, them just trying to go after the investors wanting to buy properties for Airbnbs, midterm rentals, where it's maybe a month or shorter stay. And now they're going to tax those people more. So they quit buying the housing. So the consumer or you and I can just go buy a house to live instead of the investors sucking up all the affordable housing. Because that's why prices are getting unaffordable. It's just because the investors are gouging up. They, they're just sucking up all the supply. So the people out there in the world right now with middle-class jobs can't even go afford to go buy anything. Um, now, is that a bad thing? No. I mean, the investor was smart for buying those. But as a consumer, things are starting to get really unaffordable. So it's the government fighting back, um, trying to do a little uh, some uh, democracy, trying to idle things back with the investors. So we'll be, I'll, do, I'll probably do a whole freaking YouTube on that, but we'll see how that comes to fruition. And uh, I want to jump into, let's jump into the second part of this. Um, and it was something that I posted on my LinkedIn um, where I want you guys to, um, I want you guys to check out if you haven't. Um, I post on there every single day. It's something valuable as a real estate investor or as a um, someone who uses social media. I mean, you can learn so much from social media for free. You don't need to pay for anything, right? Like we're doing this for free. Um, and guys, YouTube, we have a full YouTube channel with how to do your first real estate deal, how to get started with investing in real estate. If you're not following me there, please just flip over there, subscribe. It supports me. You don't even have to pay anything. If you're not paying for YouTube or LinkedIn, you probably should if you're in the business category. If you're just a consumer consuming different things out there and trying to figure out how to how to do this yourself or, or how to invest in real estate, you know, it's all there for free. Just might as well subscribe to it. Um, it helps support us. And uh, you don't have to send us any money. It's just uh, it's free there for you. And all I do is try to provide some value so you guys can uh, get more and more out of this and maybe do it for yourself. Um, on my LinkedIn, you will find a place to subscribe to an email. Now, if you like some of the content that we supply, you can also support us or support yourself into a whole strew of knowledge that we have on our email list. So it's called Unfollow the Herd Email. It's basically everything in business, entrepreneurship, and real estate, and investing, things that I do each and every day, how I became successful from 2017, from really nothing, being a concrete guy, to 2023, where I own millions of dollars in real estate, and talk about this literally every single day. So all I'm trying to do is try to educate you guys more, so you guys, guys, you guys can do this yourself. And uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. I have a lot of fun bringing not value to you guys, so... Um, let's talk about five cheat codes for real estate investors. So, um, there's a lot of different things that real estate investors, you know, hacks or ways you can, you know, there's so many reasons to invest in real estate. I'm just telling you, it's why the ultra wealthy do it, right? Like when you realize you start looking into real estate investing, you'll be like, wow, why do I have all this money poured in my 401k where I'm getting four to 8%, we'll say, plus you're getting feed on that. Now, many of you don't know that you pay a fee on your 401k, but you are paying a fee literally where you're probably netting two, 3%. It's barely enough to hold up with inflation and it typically doesn't even match inflation. Is it very, very safe? It's only as safe as the stock market. It can go down. They'll send you a statement that you lost money. 
uh, it can go up, right? And it's and you're riding the wave of institutional buyers. And now when you're in the real estate world, you're buying a property, right? Like you're buying, you, you don't have to do it yourself, but you can buy a property, you know where it sits, you know it has real doors, you know how it's functioned for the last three years. It's very steady, right? Like real estate's very steady, where you're going to find the stock market, right? It's always, whatever the news is saying, it's up or down. And, uh, and, and with real estate, you'll find the very opposite of that. It's a get rich slowly, but get rich for sure. And it often, honestly does not even take that long. You do real estate 5, 10, 15 years, even at year five, you will know that, hey, I've generated more wealth from this one real estate deal, whether it could be a duplex, fourplex, eightplex, whatever. You'll generate more wealth than that than your 401k will ever build you working 30 years putting the maximum in. I, I, I promise you that. Not, not every deal. I can't guarantee that. But if you do play your cards right, do some calculations that we do, um, follow along with what we're preaching to you guys, you guys can do this too. Um, and you can take advantage of these cheat codes. So um, when you buy real estate, you pull out something called a mortgage. Um, you know, it's usually in the form of uh, some kind of debt, right? It could be a commercial, it could be a consumer loan. Um, but your debt, you actually have to pay an interest fee, right? Like we talk about all these interest fees because part of it might go to principal and probably a majority of it in the beginning is going to go to paying back the bank or the interest. And well, not with all investments, you can leverage, right? Like, And so by leveraging the property, say it's a $400,000 property. Well, I don't need $400,000 cash. No, I can partner up with the bank. I can actually just put in $100,000. The bank will put in the other $300,000. Boom, we have that property closed. But the key with real estate is, where is it appreciating? Is it appreciating on the 300000 that the bank put in or the 100000 that we put in, or is it both? And the key is that it's both. It's the 400000 that's appreciating at 3 or 5 or 6%, whatever it's appreciating each year, not the 100000 You get what I'm saying? So you're, you're making, on a $400,000 purchase, you're making 3 to 5, 6, 7%, whatever it is, and your hundred thousands actually making a lot more revenue, on, a lot more return on investment, right? Because of just because you leveraged the property. So, but you also get to deduct as a loss on the apartment. You get to deduct the interest. So that interest payment that you make each month, you actually get to write off towards your income. So again, you're raising, you're you're playing the tax game of paying less taxes, keeping more money in your pocket, using leverage to help increase your returns. Guys, the second way, real estate business dis- deduction. So say you go buy yourself a duplex, a fourplex, whatever you want to buy. Um, could be something in commercial. But now if you're, and likely you're going to be the property manager right out of the gate. Your property just does not support hiring a third property property management at 10% plus you know, plus they got to fix it and they're going to charge upticks on fees. You're, you're going to be managing it yourself. Just totally expect that. Don't go into a duplex or a fourplex or an eightplex expecting that a property manager is going to come in and save the property and you're going to make ultra wealthy or you're going to make a bunch of money. It's just not going to happen. But what can happen is you turn into a property manager. Guess what? That's another business. So now you have the real estate business. Now you have the property manager business. Well, now you can write off things like 
your cell phone. You need that to call tenants. Maybe you can write off your computer. Maybe you can write off a room in your house or maybe you're renting a place. You can rent that, you know, do a rent deduction or a, um, an area in your house that you can deduct as a home office. Um, you know, you could just write off maybe you're part of your car because you're using it for the property because now you're running a small business plus you're running a real estate business, right? Like real estate business, meaning the duplex or fourplex. And then you're running a real business called a small property management company. So now you're starting to deduct and you can do all this on the side, by the way, you can keep your full-time job and I totally, you should, that's where you're going to make your income right away. But where you're going to keep more of your income is running this business and running the side business as a property and your little property management business where you can deduct all the stuff that we're on shooting with today, your phone and cameras and whatever you need, right, to run the business. So those are really good ways to get started. And that's how I tell most people to get started. It's like buy a property, get an LLC for the property, get your little property management company, get an LLC for that just so make it all legal and try to track the expenses separately. And uh, anyway, when it comes down to your W-2 check, I guarantee you will make, you'll probably save more of that check running these little companies than you will just not doing anything. So you can turn a little duplex or fourplex into a full freaking operation if you wanted to. Um, And uh, anyway, take that. That's number two. Number three, guys, cost segregation. So say you buy that $400,000 property, um, and you see cost segregation. There's just there's things in the building: plumbing, heating, HVAC, um, and concrete, landscaping, flooring, appliances, cabinets. There's there's different things on different line items that we can accelerate the depreciation of it. So, typically in a building, you're going to have anywhere from 27 and a half years to 39 and a half years, depending upon whether it's residential or it's commercial. And usually it's just a straight line depreciation. You paid 400 grand, you do the math, you divide it by 27 and a half or 39 and a half. Okay, well, that's one form of it. Well, you can actually save a ton more on year one running a cost segregation study. So a cost cost segregation study basically just puts the appliances in the five-year, puts the landscaping in a five-year, you know, five, seven, or 15-year. And it just locks most of those things we're going to have to replace sooner, right? It's not all 30 years, like, or that's not how long things will last. But you can use the study and it will actually accelerate the depreciation of the building. Usually like rule of thumb, and I don't know, it just depends on what asset class you're in, but you can take 20 to 25%. So if you buy that $400,000 property and you hire someone for two, 3000 bucks to do cost segregation study, you can likely get about a $100,000 loss. Paper loss is the key, right? Like we're not losing a hundred grand. Paper loss though, applied to. So say you made 50 grand from this property, like it was a banger, whatever happened, uh, it was great. Well, you actually would lose 50 grand on year one if that was the case. And you get to carry that to the next year. So say you made another 50 the next year, boom, you still got to pay no taxes for the first two years. That is super important because as you do more and more real estate, if that turns into your full-time venture, you can get qualifications to be a real estate professional and then things really start smoking because now you can start wiping out your W-2 taxes and keeping all of that in your pop, all in your, uh, in your pocket. But you have to be in real estate full-time, uh, more than 750 hours. 
And you have to be doing it at least 50% of the time, meaning you can't have a full-time job and be a real estate professional. Uh, All right, capital gains tax rates. So when you own something longer than a year, you see this like most people, um, you can do this. You can just go buy a home, live in it for a year, FHA, right? Three, three and a half percent down. And then you can live in it for a year. It has to be your primary residence for a year. And after one year, I believe FHA will reduce them. Those were the rules when I was a little bit younger. I'm not even fully in tune to FHA rules today, but I believe that still applies. Anyway, when you hold on to it longer than a year, you can actually go get an FHA low again and do it again. So I've known some people that literally have bought home, never sold them, rented them, bought a home, rented it, stayed in it for a year, flipped to the next home, bought it, you know, rented it and waited a year, do it again. You do it five times. I mean, you'll have more net worth than two people making a hundred grand a year investing maximum in their 401k. Like you'll outdo them with very simple living and you'll have five rental properties that will be probably cash free and by the time they retire which you you just don't find. So you want a really simple way, just freaking go buy a home, live in it for a year, then rent it out and then flip flip the money over and do the thing again. So it's like, but the key is that you're holding on to the properties. But as a capital gains tax rates, if you hold on something longer than a year, you actually get reduced tax rates. It's usually 15% long, long-term capital gains, they call it. Um, and uh, uh, I guess the real definition, if you hold on to a property for more than a year before selling, you'll be subject to the long-term capital gains rate, which is much lower than the short-term. And I believe that can move from, say you're in the top tier uh, tax rate in your career of 39.5% or whatever it is today, to moving all the way down to a 15%. Just holding on to something for one year can make a lot of difference when someone wants to sell. Um, all right. The fifth thing, guys, this one is super fun too, because as you grow as a real estate investor, you're going to want to upgrade your properties. You're going to want to sell the fourplex and you're going to want to go get the 12plex or the 24plex, maybe something bigger. But you can do something called a 1031 exchange. And um, basically, this is where you can identify a replacement property. So say you want to sell your fourplex, you sell that you, you get 45 days to identify a new property. And then you have to close that new property in 180 days. And what this escapes is all the tax that you have to pay to get into the new one. So instead of paying long-term capital gains, just closing the one deal and then going buying the other, well, you can actually avoid the 15% tax and you can just transfer the money. You can't ever take possession of the money. I've been learning a lot about 1031s. I've done a handful of them in the last uh, in the last year. So it goes to this intermediary. Um, they do the closing. They hold on to the money. And then when you go to close your new property, they put the money in there. And that's how you close the property. But you never see it. You literally never see the money. And if you ever do see the money, you might as well just keep it because you got taxed on it, <laughs> is what they've told me. So I've learned a lot on that. But as you're upgrading properties, there's literally, I mean, you could be selling your $20 million property, buying a 50 million. I mean, it just keeps going, right? And going. So that's why when you people get to the top, it's like they're constantly trying to consume these bigger and bigger properties, basically because they have 1031 exchanges that they need to fulfill in a short timeline. You'll see a lot of these happen at the end and the beginning of the years um, uh, of the year. 
and people want to close and they want to close now because they got the cash, right? All of it sitting in a 1031. They're like, hey, we'll quick close this deal. I just don't want to pay the tax on the recaptures, uh, the gains on all the tax. So I need to close this thing by the end of the year. That's the deal. So it's like, that's why when they're in a rush, they're in a rush with cash because they probably have a 1031 exchange. So you just need to understand that as a seller. Um, but it's a very good uh, cheat to know. So guys, if you like all this kind of stuff and you want to learn more about it, I am actually um, just got done shooting a course on literally how you can start in real estate investing from the very start to the very end. This thing will be, uh, I believe it's around 80 minutes long. Um, should be even a little shorter. You could do it in a week. I <laughs> take longer, hopefully. And so you really uh, gobble up all the knowledge in there. And you can actually probably start doing a deal yourself by the end of that. It comes some, with some worksheets. It comes with how to analyze some deals, find the deals, um, and then also how to freaking close the deals and operate the deals. So, um, And about all the other advantages. These are five advantages. There's probably 50 advantages why the super wealthy invest in real estate. Um, but Guys, I hope you enjoyed this here. Happy Monday. I will see you next week.